I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. First Samuel chapter 18. You know, we're in the book of Samuel, which is the time of the kings. And David's about to um, get what he was supposed to receive, right? That's right. Since we're in the time of the kings, we don't want to forget about the time of the king's predecessors. What was before the kings? The time of the Judges. The judges, that's right. So, it is time for our quiz. I'm going to call on each of you, so don't jump the gun. Trey, who was the first judge? Othniel. Othniel. Brock. Shamgar. N- no. The second one. Ehud. Ehud, there we go. Trey. Then Shamgar. Shamgar. Killed 600 men with an ox goat. Killed or stick. That's all, pretty much all we know about him, right? Killed 600 men with an ox goat pretty bad dude and by bad we mean mean like uh, by we mean mean <laughs> we mean like really cool super cool that's right and Deborah Deborah a girl judge that's right female judge the bible loves women especially for its time when women certainly weren't seen as equals to men the bible specifically points out the faithful work of women. I love that. After Deborah was... Gideon? Gideon? Gideon. Good job. After Gideon was... Tallest and his purest and Dodo. I mean, that's one of the things we that e- makes it easy to remember about yeah. Tala, is he was the son of Pua, son of Dodo. Why is Dodo even a name? <laughs> Just the fact about Dodos, Dodos are dumb. <laughs> I know. The dumb so, birds that got themselves extinct. And uh, likely there's a better pronunciation, but it helps us remember both Tala and it also helps us remember who came after Tala. Jair. Jair, who followed. Tala, son of Pua, son of Dodo. And the reason that's important is because it doesn't tell us much about Jair. He just came after. That's all we know about him. So, that makes it easier to remember him. And after Jair Brock, do you remember who it was? I don't know those three hard ones. Those three are difficult. I don't remember them either. Now you don't? uh Uh-uh. So we'll skip them. (laughs) And then Samson. Samson. Was Samson before Jephthah? Oh, Jephthah. And then the three hard ones. Yeah, remember Jephthah. Jephthah. And then remember Samson. Out of all those judges, who was your favorite and why? 
Samson. Why was Samson your favorite? Because he tore down the walls. Because he tore down those walls at the end of his life? Yeah. That was pretty cool. He went blind at the end of his life. Well, before the end of his life, of course. So he was in a very vulnerable position, and he asked God to give him his strength one more time. It says when Samson died and drove down those walls that he killed more Philistines than, or sorry, was it Philistines? I can't remember. It was Philistines. Okay. He killed more Philistines in that moment than he had previously. And the parallel that we drew from that was on the basis that Samson was most powerful at the moment of his death. And Trey, who else was the most powerful at the moment of his death? God? Yes, Jesus. He saved more people when he died than while he was living. At any other point. And so I think that's... Yeah, we always saved Jesus. That's right. I know what you meant. And I Jesus, feel like we talk about God more now. <laughs> well, we understand that uh, Jesus is the living God in the form of man, right? Yes. Coming into this world as a man required some amount of the loss of of his divinity to be able to come down and be subject to bone and flesh and blood just like you and me. And Jesus was God as a man. So God is an appropriate answer. It's important whenever we read the Old Testament to look out for those illustrations of Jesus Christ. And certainly there is one in Samson. Trey, is Samson also your favorite? I like Samson, but my favorite would be between Ehud and Gideon. Ehud and Gideon, that's very interesting. Which, do you have reasons why? I like Ehud because... You know how, like, he did the... He was really good at acting as if he had a message. Mm-hmm. So he did the sword thing. Right. And then, um... Yeah, he told that king, I have a message for you. Or God has a message for you. And then penetrated him so deep with that dagger that it went completely into his body, handling everything. Because mm-hmm. that and king then was came out back. That's right. I like Gideon, not because he struggles with doubt, I like that um, when he hears he can do something cool, like how, um, what were they, what was the people they were fighting called? I can't remember exactly who Gideon was fighting. But they, um, one of them was actually saying that Gideon's army was going to win. Mm-hmm. There's like thousands of them scattered out, just like sand grains on a beach. Right. That is, I remember that. All they did was break the jars and shout and everyone ran away. That's right. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is really cool. When I come to that conclusion, I think Ehud's um, my favorite. Well, I was going to say Ehud too. Uh, He reminds me of Brock because he's left-handed. And in Ehud's time... It wasn't real cool to be left-handed, all right? You were kind of outside the social circle for being left-handed, Brock. I'm sorry. That's just what it was. Or nowadays, it's kind of cool. 
especially in sports. In some ways, you have advantages, right? Like Rock, he is a left-handed kicker, which is harder for right-handers. That's right. And when he bats in baseball, he bats left-handed, and that can be helpful. Throws left-handed, that can be helpful. But for Ehud, it wasn't necessarily helpful. But what we learned from him is that same thing we learned about David when the Lord disqualifies or when the world disqualifies the Lord qualifies and the Lord qualified Ehud so I like that and you pointed out a great thing about Gideon Trey which was that he was certainly a human being just like you and me the Lord told him things gave him uh, answers and you know Gideon was so full of doubt that the Lord would do something for him, you know, which there was no way it could happen. Like, hey, the whole floor is wet, but this towel laying on the floor, I'm just using that, laying on the floor is not wet. If it's like that in the morning, Lord, I'll believe you. He wakes up, it's like that. And then he does it the opposite way around. Right. And then he says, Lord, let the towel be wet in the morning, the next morning, but not anything else around it. We kind of laugh at that, like, wow, this is ridiculous. I'm just like that sometimes, where I know the Lord wants me to do something. But I just want a third answer and a fourth answer and a fifth answer. I want to be, I let myself get in the way of what the Lord's trying to do. I like that the Lord was patient with Gideon and that he worked around his doubt and he accepted that to be a judge of Israel and to do good things, powerful things, you don't need to have perfect faith all the time. You can have doubt in your heart. It's okay. We're human beings. There's no requirement to being perfect right so thank you both for talking to me about the judges that's fun yeah, i like um, that i thought actually that shamgar might be actually cooler than samson why do you think that he killed 600 men with a stick or ox code right and that is really cool. But Samson killed, I don't know how much, men with just a donkey's jawbone. Right. Was it a thousand? I think, yeah, a thousand. Right. You're but right. Sometimes Samson would get prideful, be like, I killed a bunch of men with a donkey's jawbone and made donkeys out of them. Right, he would get prideful, and he struggled with something that a lot of men struggle with, which is lust. He loved women, and that is okay. Oh. Yeah, I thought you meant love. Uh, both. But love practiced the correct way is not a bad thing. Right? Lust is, it's different. Um, love is sacrificial. It means you give of yourself for the other person's happiness. You don't see that person as an object to bring you happiness. You see yourself as an object to bring them happiness. So you're bringing each other happiness. That's right. It's sacrificial. Who can out-sacrifice who? Who can out-serve who? That's what love is. Lust is something different. Lust is consumed with, what do I get out of this? You may very well like the person a lot, but, but lust says, what can they do for me? How can they make me feel good? Go ahead, Trey. Delilah? Mm-hmm. She was a Philistine, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. 
and um that dealing dealing with that lust um made Samson say his only weakness. That's right. Using a razor on his head. That's right. Breaking his what vow? Do you remember what Nazarite vow? Nazarite vow. That's right. The Nazarite vow. That was that was not good for him, and that was a promise between him and the Lord, and he shouldn't have shared that weakness. He gave himself over to lust. Like I said, we, we can't we can't hate him for that. We can't even really criticize him because he is not unique. Uh, we were made to love women. The Lord created us that way, and. It's a beautiful instinct. It's a great instinct. Like many instincts, it needs to be controlled. It needs to be used correctly. And it needs to be saved for love. It's okay to be passionate about women, but it has to be in the right context of love. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's an easy thing to forget. And Samson struggled with that. He was powerful in his death. We'll say that. Yeah. You guys ready for chapter 18? Yes. We're not going to get very far. (laughs) I mean, yeah, because we're on chapter 18. I know. I know what you meant. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him, and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. I think it said that he became the leader of his army. That's right. Remember learning that at church? He he moved up in high rank, that's correct. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. How do you guys think that made Saul feel? Quite a bit mad, because Saul, he's the king. He's like, I should have killed more than David did. Probably (laughs) get into that mood. That's right. Right, Jealous. Yeah. As a leader, we should be happy when the people that we're leading succeed us. That doesn't attack our leadership. That doesn't that doesn't attack our leadership at all. If the people that you're leading are better at a task than you, you should celebrate that. Your sphere of influence is being maximized when you allow people to become better than you. As our friend Molly would say, quoting Yoda from Star Wars, the burden of a master The true burden of a master is watching his protege succeed him. Something like that. I'm butchering it. But basically is that 
when you coach somebody, you should want to see them do better than you ever did. And when they do, if they do, that doesn't attack your leadership. It's a sign that your leadership is working. But Saul gets angry. It says, Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Um, about leadership, at gymnastics, one of my coaches from my old gym, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure it was David, Coach David, mm-hmm. he said that um, you should try to work harder than the person next to you, and the person next to you should try to work harder than you, and that's how you get better. That's right. Like leadership. That's a good point. No matter if you're the coach or you're just a player on the team, you can be a leader in somebody's life. And even you can even be a leader to your leader. That doesn't mean you try and take his place of honor as the leader, but you can support and teach and even mentor your leader. You do it with patience. Right? You do it with servitude and encouragement. That's where we're going to wrap it up tonight. We spent most of our time talking about the judges, but that was fun. And it's always good to go back and remember where we've been. It helps us realize how we can apply what we've learned, how it still applies, and how it reminds us how things have changed under a judge versus the time of the kings. And we will get more involved into this friendship between Jonathan and David moving forward and into Saul's anger and jealousy of David. Yeah, you don't like what happens whenever David sees Saul. You don't like what Saul does with the spear. <laughs> Throws it at David. Trey is throwing foreshadows out there. I know, but I can't tell you what really happens. Like, the entire thing. That's okay. We'll see. Look forward to talking about it tomorrow. I had fun with you boys tonight. I love you. Love you too. You guys are good kids.